What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Gotta get it in, Dustin Smith. Jabari for three and the win, yeah! Brooks casts a three and puts it in. And now the emotion comes out from Dylan Brooks. He ain't quiet anymore. Brooks ties his season high with 26 and puts Houston up five. We are here to feel Rockets news. This is the Rockets Field Podcast. Of course, I'm your co-host, LaShar Binkley. You can always find me on Twitter, X, at Binkley Hoops. And, of course, you can find all my written work over at the Dream Shake, our SB Nation. And before we get into tonight, uh, last night's big win for the Rockets, I want to give my co-host a chance to introduce himself. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Vader. You can find me on uh, the X app, formerly known as Twitter, at Vader Sports. And you can also find me on Instagram uh, at, at Vader Sports. Of course, you just saw Dylan Brooks closing the door on the Memphis Grizzlies last night. As his, that was his return visit to Memphis for the first time since signing with the Houston Rockets. Of course, the Rockets already played Memphis twice. Both of those were in Houston. And the Rockets came away with the victory at the trailing by 17 earlier in the game. That is the Rockets' biggest um, comeback victory of the year. And that was actually Memphis' uh, biggest blown lead of the year as the Rockets won 103-96. to That was a second road win of the season, second straight road win. After starting the season, um, pretty much actually losing every single road game uh, before they now went on uh, a two-game winning streak on the road. Uh, Dylan Brooks was the star of the game. Uh, He finished with a a season-tying high 26 points. And as you saw, he hit that big three at the end of the game. He also had a big steal and the assist to Tari Eason that uh, completely put the game away. And the Rockets, like I said, were able to pull that victory out. It was an ugly game for the most part. Like I mentioned, the Rockets trailed for pretty much entire uh, – they trailed the entire first half, did not take the lead until the, uh, late in the third quarter. Um, so it was definitely another one of those ugly games. They had one of those ugly games against Memphis uh, the game before. But, again, at the end of the day, uh, like I always say, when you look back in March and April, uh, hopefully leading to the playoffs, you look back and look at these games in December, all you care about is whether it was a win or not. So if it was an ugly game – as long as it was an ugly win, I think that's what the Rockets really care about. Um, but, Vader, I want to kind of get your opinion on the overall game. Uh, another thing we're going to talk about a little bit later is kind of a um, kind of the elephant in the room right now. That's Jelly, <clears throat> excuse me, that's Jelly Green's play. We're going to talk about should we be concerned? Um, should we give him more time? What exactly is going on with Jalen Green? And is it something that can be fixed? Because we all know his contract extension is coming up really fast. So we're definitely going to talk about that later on the show. But for right now, I want to talk about last night's game and um, want to get your opinion on what you saw, Vader. So um, I made a comment, I think, last week that like the the wins have not really been uh, like aesthetically pleasing. But the fact that we're winning is exciting because like they're finding different ways to get it done. 
the offense is clunky at times. Uh, I think Shingun kind of right now is, is is slumping a little bit um, offensively. Also a little bit on, a little bit on the defensive side of the ball. Jalen Green was inconsistent before, and now he's kind of in a slump on top of the inconsistency. Okay. But like one thing that is like very consistent about this team is the defense. Like they bring the defense, they bring that attitude every night. They bring physicality. Like even uh, last night against Memphis, where they started out really slow, and it looked like uh, I was like, "Oh man, we're about to get blown out and ran off of this court." You know, uh, the this team really isn't a good, you know, a good road team right now. But um, you know, can make some adjustments. Uh, he brought some guys in. The intensity level picked up, and they just got gritty, man. They got down and dirty. Dylan Brooks kind of like did not want to lose his game, and you could tell that from the onset. Like he he was like super focused. He had like this laser like. Uh, assassin uh like cool calm collected uh mentality yeah. you did not see very much emotion from him until the very end of the game when he hit that dagger three-pointer and like he he just went in there and he knew what he wanted to do and he was he was very surgical about it and i think he kind of carried uh the rest of the team up to his level as far as uh the intensity and um even before this game you saw uh big games from from guys you did not necessarily expect to get it from tari Eason had two career games in a row uh, yeah. Right before this one, um, the game, the previous Memphis game, you saw both he and Jabari Smith Jr. put 20 and 10s up. And so, like, um, I, I love the fact that we're not relying on one person. I would like for the guys that we were hoping would be stars to, to become stars. But in the meantime, um, I think Emi Adoka has brought a something that's very – you know some in, some intangible things to this team that that you can't really necessarily quantify unless you've been here like like the rest of us and you've seen the lack of these uh things the past few seasons as far as like uh mental toughness and the ability to 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 play through adversity and, and things of that nature so i'm i'm pretty happy with the win um i know memphis isn't uh a world beater by any means but we have a stretch up against some playoff teams and you know, it seems like the Rockets kind of play up or play down to whoever they're playing. So um, I know we have a game against the Bucks uh, on Sunday. And so I'm hoping that they, they, you know, they rise to the occasion. I know I saw Giannis score like 64 points and go berserk because he didn't get the game. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, you know, I don't know um, how we're going to fare against the Bucks, but like I think the Rockets will show up. Um, hopefully we get like Ahmed Thompson back and Jason Tate back so we can have some bodies to throw at Giannis. But like anyway, like I, I think it's a good win. And uh hopefully, hopefully they can like build on this as a five-game winning streak. When's the last time we had one of those? Yeah. And I mean you mentioned the Bucks is uh, so Dylan got his revenge against um against the Grizzlies. I know some people are like, ah, it's not revenge. He was, you know, he liked playing. No, he 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 likes playing with his teammates, but I guarantee. He was not happy with the front office. He actually mentioned that during the press conference. Like, I want to make sure I never lose to the Grizzlies and let them know that they made a little mistake. And that's definitely a shot at the front office who, you know, put out that report. Somebody in the front put a report that they had no intentions at all of signing Dylan Brooks, which I've never seen before, which is just kind of crazy. So he definitely still has, you know, a bone to pick, you know, rightfully so with the front office. But this is also a revenge game for the Rockets going up against the Bucks. Not to go too far off on a tangent because of Brooke Lopez and him mm -hmm. pretty much pulling a Chris Bosch on the Rockets at the last second when the Rockets thought they had a deal in place. So that'll be kind of interesting to see how Apper and Shangun goes up against Brooke Lopez. Like you mentioned, Shangun's have struggled the last couple of games because 
Memphis has a lot of long, lanky type of defenders like, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. and Bismack Biombo. I mean, people don't realize Bismack Biombo been in the league for a while now. He's not going to fall for the fakes. He's a really smart defender. And that's the thing that Shangun tries to do against other defenders is try to, you know, do the pump face, try to get them off their feet, um, try to get around them that way. And Bismarck Biombo just doesn't move. It's almost like back in the day, I don't know if people remember. Of course, he's not as big as like Mark Eaton would do against Akeem Olajuwon, where he just wouldn't move. Akeem would do all these different faces and all these different moves, and Mark Eaton would still be standing there. And that's that's kind of like what Bismarck Biombo, and also Biombo is really athletic. So I, I think that has a lot to do with why Shanguna struggled the last couple of games. And we'll see another – he's going against another good defender, Brooke Lopez, so that would be interesting. But back to this Memphis game, another thing I want to talk about is the bench. Um, Jeff Green again. I mean, mm-hmm. Jock Landell, let's be honest, Jock Landell has been pretty much non-existent for all, pretty much all the season. Um, so Jeff Green, I don't think people – I think people thought Jeff Green was just going to be like a locker room guy, another veteran that can – now, Jeff Green has been a huge part of the rotation so far. And even though he was three for nine last night, he had a lot of – he was really aggressive. He helped the Rockets cut that lead from 17 down to eight before the starters came back in. So Jeff Green has been huge off the bench. Of course, him, Aaron Holiday. Um, Tari Eason didn't have a career night, but again, he was aggressive. That's the thing I like about Tari Eason. Even when he's not scoring, he's going to do something on the court that's going to help the team. He's going to either you know get a deflection. He's going to go out there and get offensive rebound. And, and that's what you have to do, especially as a young player, because you're not always going to score. And this is what we're going to talk a little bit about with Jalen Green later. You have to do other things besides being a scorer. And Tari Eason of the Worlds and Jeff Green's of the world, even when they're not scoring, they're making winning plays. And that's why Coach M.A. trusts them so much. Yeah, I agree with that. Like even the, the first Memphis game uh, of this back-to-back, he – came in he like he didn't play the whole first half and like the game looked like it was slipping away and I feel like Jeff Green kind of came in and stabilized the game even though Tyrese yeah. was kind of going off I think Jeff Green if he doesn't play that game I don't know if we win because he brought like while the while the game was in balance he brought like a just like I said a stabilizing uh calm hand uh he he knows what he's doing offensively he knows what he's doing defensively and I think that um, even though it doesn't always show up in the box score, it's just something that he he brings a quality to this team that they desperately needed. And I think, you know, obviously, you know, Fred Van Vliet has brought that as well. I know it's not always pretty. Oh, he's not he's not good at making layups. Uh, you know, sometimes, he takes some <laughs> Ill, sometimes he takes some ill-advised shots, but um his his point of his point of attack defense, um just him being tough as nails, him being willing to take big shots when yeah. other guys may be shying away from him. I mean, somebody has to shoot it, right? And yeah. and so, like, if, you know, he's a guy that, like, if if if, if Jalen Green is not going to do it, I think he is a I – mean, he, he and Dylan Brooks are like, okay, well, I'll shoot it then. You know what I mean? And, and somebody yeah. has to do that. Um, you you know, you can't rely on, um, you know, necessarily Tari Eason to do that because he's not a – He's a good spot-up three-point shooter, but I don't think he's going to do very much for you off the dribble as far as getting that. I think Jabari's still kind of coming into his own. And speaking of Jabari, um, props to him, man, because his rebounding has really improved dr- yeah. drastically. And I think even his his defensive effort has improved drastically. And um, he's had some moments where he's been overmatched f- from a physical standpoint. You saw that with Jaron Jackson Jr., but he was out there bumping that guy, competing, um, and, and I think, um, as, as we see his, his, his physical, uh, development over the years, as he gets bigger and stronger, 
I think we have a player in him. And, and I was a little worried, um, you know, at points last season because, you know, we thought he was going to be this this 3 and D guy coming in and he was like neither of those things. <laughs> he was like neither of those things at the beginning of the year. But yeah. now he is he is like he's that and more like he he has a mid range game. Um, he's starting to do a little bit more off the dribble. His passing is better than I thought it would be. Um, yeah, I'm pretty happy with Jabari's uh, development right now as far as like the young guys. I think um, like like I mentioned earlier, Tari had two huge games in a row um, going into last night's game. And then uh, we still haven't seen Amon Thompson yet, man. I, I would love to get Amon Thompson some consistent minutes on the floor so we can see what we have with him. And then, of course, we got that we got that monster down in the G League who had, you know, I guess his shot selection is not that great right now. But um, I don't know, man. We we might have something in Cam Whitmore too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is, you know, it's always hard to tell the G League, and I watch a lot of G League basketball probably more than most people. It's always kind of hard to tell, like, because we saw the same thing with Dacia Knicks, where right. he was having monster games, especially in the playoffs that when they were heading to the championship. And it doesn't always translate to the NBA because you're playing a lot of guys that would never play in the NBA. No disrespect to them, but it's just the truth. Um, but you can tell what, some things translate regardless. Athleticism translates regardless. Aggressiveness translates. Um, you can't always base it off of just them scoring 40 points in G League. But some of the stuff, like I said, like I just mentioned, does translate to the NBA. And it'll be real interesting. Cam Wimmer is going to get his chance, whether it's going to be this season or next season, if they clear out some of the other players that they have at the forward position, he's going to get his chance. So it would be real interested with him. And I think that Amin probably would be back on Sunday. I think he had a he was pretty close to playing this game. So I think you'll see Amin probably playing against the Bucks on Sunday. Um, but real quick before uh, we move on to Jalen Green, because I definitely want to talk about that before we end the show. Um, I want to talk, like you mentioned earlier, a little bit about the defense. It's just that how big of a turnaround the Rockets have had in uh, the defensive area cannot be talked about enough because they went from dead last in defensive rating last season at the bottom when it came to points per game allowed. And I know they played a lot slower pace this year, so sometimes points per game is kind of hard to judge. But at the same time, you can see the defense intensity is just insane compared to where it was the previous three seasons. And I think I saw somewhere where – this would be one of the biggest turnarounds in NBA history as far as um, defense from one season to the next. Now, this season, they're like right behind Minnesota in defensive rating. They're the number one team in the league in points per game. And you can contribute that, I mean, to the entire team, but it really comes down to uh, M.A. It comes down to Fred Bambley and Dylan Brooks and then Tari Eason and Jay Sean Tate off the bench. And, of course, like Jabari Smith and players like that. But those are like the main guys, especially Fred and and uh, Dylan, a lot of people don't talk about Fred, but Fred is like one of the, the toughest defenders at the point guard position in the league, even though he's only like maybe six feet tall. I'm not even sure if he's six feet tall, to be perfectly honest with you, because I'll stand next to him and I'm around six and a half, six one. And but anyway, he's a really tough defender. So those guys have made a huge difference. And that's why you can win games last like last night where you're not scoring the other night when you're not scoring. Because if you play hard defense, a tough no defense, you will always be in the game regardless if your shot is falling or not. And that's something – that's why I think that this – the way the Rockets are playing right now, I think they can make the playoffs because they're not depending on one guy going for 30 or 40 every single night. And we know that sometimes that guy can go in a slump. They're not depending on 
uh, having superstar type players, they depended on their defense. And that's why it can translate to the rest of the season. Yeah. So like one thing that you, we always talk about with defense is that defense travels, like defense travels. And by that, I mean, like you can play the same level of defense on at home that you do on the road, because like most, most of what defense is, is just knowing your responsibilities, you know, performing, you know, what's expected of you and effort, you know what I mean? And, and your effort is something that you can control. Like, your effort is not relying upon whether or not you, you're shooting hot or if you, you know, if this guy passes you the ball, you know, there's a lot of, you know, outlier things that happen on offense that, and, and a lot of them aren't in your control. But yeah. like one thing that you can each control individually is is your effort level on defense. And if coach does not see that, he can take you out. And, and speaking of that, like, like shout out to to Yudoka because one thing that that we we keep talking about and one thing that he is doing is he's holding these guys accountable. Like if he does not, yeah. If you're not doing what he's expecting you to to do, uh, especially on the defensive side of the floor, he will take you out and he will put another guy in. And that's something that <laughs> yeah. we, especially last season, that's something that we were calling for. It, it kind of felt like Alperen Shingun was the one guy who was being targeted and picked on. And, and maybe that wasn't the case, but it just kind of seemed like he was the guy who was always being like, hey, you're not doing this, you're not doing that. And he would get subbed out. Whereas some of the other guys, you could also see that their effort level and you know, they were not where they were supposed to be, but they got to remain in the game. So uh, Yadoka is not playing favorites. Um, we as fans may have our have our favorites, but I can tell you just from a from a coaching perspective, it appears that Emi Yadoka is not is not playing that game at all. Like if you're not going to if you, you could be averaging 25 points per game, but if you're not going to like give it give him uh, what he's expecting you to give him on the defensive end of the court. You're going to be sitting on the bench until you go back in and, and like show him something different. And so I think that's made a huge difference on this team as well, um, just because these guys know what the expectation is. And when you know what the expectation is at that point, it's kind of on you. Right. It's kind of on you to, um, you know, make sure that it that it ha- that those things happen when you get on the floor. Nobody can nobody can control you. So, you know, if you're supposed to be, you know, in help, you're supposed to be in the gap, you're supposed to rotate you know, wherever you're supposed to rotate to and you're not doing those things, if you're not giving those second and third efforts, if you're not going after loose balls, then yeah, yeah, come sit down right next to me, big guy. And um, I'm gonna put somebody else in the game who's gonna do those things because, uh, you know, minutes are a premium in the NBA. And there's a lot of guys on the bench. And like I said before, there's a guy down in G League who I know wants minutes. I know that that dude is a dog. He's hungry. He has a he has a mentality of when I get on the court, I'm gonna do uh, what I need to do. As far as like getting shots up, you know, we want to see that, you know, in on the defensive end of the floor and also him just learning how to make uh, better decisions. I'm talking about Cam Whitmore, by the way. But, um, you know, you see like Dylan Brooks, like he's talking about as far as defense. Uh, we knew he was going to bring something very special, a special quality to this to this team as far as like uh, defensive mentality and toughness. And I was very curious to see how that would rub off on guys like Tari Eason and Jabari Smith Jr., who I know. Uh, I felt like had, you know, some, you know, all defensive team qualities and and hopefully ability in the future. But like maybe they just don't know they don't have that veteran around them that can kind of show them the tricks of the trade. And you brought like like in the perfect guy. Right. He, he, you know, we we had concerns about him on the offensive end, but I don't think there were very many concerns about him on the defensive end. And then there were obviously the, the, you know, the trash talking concerns or whatever. But like 
I'm going to be honest with you, like the, when I grew up and I think a lot of y'all grew up like trash talking in basketball is fine. It's, it's just oh, those. Absolutely. It's, yeah. It's, it's, that, yeah. You you want guys out there who's competing at a high level, who's willing to like, you know, do whatever it takes to win. And within the confines of the game, you don't I, you don't want guys out there like kicking people and, and choking people like <clears throat> Draymond Green. Uh, you don't, <laughs> you know, That's not what you want. But yeah. um you know, like within within that that ninety four feet, you know, like and, and as long as you're not doing anything that's gonna get you like get you flagrant fouls and get you suspended, like I love that, and I think Dylan Brooks has brought like a toughness. You, I think um, Jabari's defense just looks way better to me, and I don't know. And Jeff Green is also a guy who I know like can help them with that. Jeff Green is an underrated defender, um, and we talked about him a little bit earlier as far as just what he brings to the table offensively and defensively. But I I just feel like. Adding guys like that to the to the puzzle, um, yeah. Tari Eason's on ball defense just looks so much better. Like he was always really good, at, good, good help defender, a good rebounder last season. But yeah. it seems like even his on ball defense has taken a step up, and I, I I don't think that is a coincidence, man. I don't I don't I, I think it has a lot to do with Yudoka, and I think it has a lot to do with the fact that you brought in Jeff Green, Dylan Brooks, and Fred VanVleet. Yeah. I mean, again, it all starting to fit together. And like you said, it comes down – Rockets are – I mean, who would have thought it? The Rockets are a defensive team. That is their identity. Um, that's something that MA is going to preach and continue to preach throughout the year. And like you said, if you don't play it, then you'll end up on a bench. And that kind of leads me to um, our final topic of the day before we wrap up the show, and that's Jalen Green. Uh, I think we're both kind of the same way, where we don't go too far one way or the other way. We've seen some people that say Jalen Green's a bust. They need to go ahead and trade him for a bag of chips. They need to get him out of here. Then we've seen some people that be like, you know, Jalen Green still can be a superstar. He's great. He's this, you know, no matter what he does. So I think we're kind of in the middle where we're still waiting to see exactly what Jalen Green's going to be because I said at the beginning of the year, it's going to be a little bit different of a transition. Yeah, it's year three. We know people like Anthony Edwards. Um, who he's compared to a lot, had their their big jump in year three. But Anthony Edwards also had a lot more of a stable lineup. And this is the first year that Jalen Green's really having a stable lineup. But at the same time, that can only go so far because of some of the stuff we're seeing from Jalen really has nothing to do with anybody else but himself. And kind of just looking through the contract that he has coming up, of course, the Rockets um, have the uh, qualifying rights for him for the next uh, club exercise right for him. They, they exercise that uh, right early in the season. They have it again next season where they can exercise this $12 million contract, uh, which, of course, they'll probably end up doing. But then in 2025, that's when he'll be a restricted free agent and they qualify for $16 million, and that's when he can possibly get offers from other teams, and that's when the Rockets, at that point, probably have to make it. They may even make a decision before that. But kind of going back to this season, Jalen Green has had now – Several games in a row where he has struggled on the offensive end, and we know that Jalen Green, though he has gotten better as a playmaker, that's not necessarily his strength. Or his strength is not necessarily on the defensive end, so if he's not scoring, when he struggles, it stands out a lot more than when Jabari Smith struggles because Jabari Smith is still, like you mentioned, giving you rebounding and giving you on the defensive side as well. So I want to get your opinion on Jalen Green. What have you seen from Jalen Green? What do you want to see from Jalen Green? And are you concerned at all that maybe this is what we're Jalen Green's going to be? Uh, a player that can sometimes go off and have really great offensive games, and then sometimes he kind of just fades into the background. And when you fade into the background, especially on defense end with M.A., he's going to take you out, and you're not going to be playing in the fourth quarter. 
All right, so my feeling about Jalen is is, is kind of twofold. I'm I'm disappointed with the way that he's played. I'm not yet discouraged, and by that I mean I haven't given up. Like I know a lot of people have basically written him off, uh, which is fine. Like I, I was talking to people yesterday, and like I understand. Like um, some people is like I've seen enough. Like he's not that guy. Yeah. He does not have that equality. Um, you know, and and a lot of it has to do with maybe his approach to the game, his mentality. And then, like you said, like if you're not scoring, what are some of the other things that you're able to contribute yeah. to help this, uh, you know, to help the basketball team win? So I get it. Right. Um, I've seen uh, I feel like I've seen enough of um, Jalen when he's at his highs that I still believe that he can be a very, very good player. Um and I'm going to, at this point in time, trust the process. I think that there is a, I mentioned this last night um, after the game, I think there's going to be a process of tearing down uh, Jalen Green's like bad habits. It's almost like you have to start from a foundational level with him. Yeah. Uh, even though this, like you said, even though this is his third season, and this is not me making excuses for him. I think that the, um, I think that the criticism is warranted um, because like this is as a number two pick in the draft, as a guy who came in saying, I, I think I should have been the first pick in the draft. Um, I want to be an all-star. I want to be this. I want to, he came in, he came in talking big. He set his expectations very high, right? Himself. Yeah. So I'm not, who am I to tell other people like, Hey, your expectations of Jalen green are too high. Like you need to, you need to chill out. You need to relax. Like you need to, you know, whatever, you know, if, if your expectations are still holding him to a, um, I think this is a guy who's going to uh, average 30 points per game one day. Then, yeah, you 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 are very much probably out on Jalen Green right now. But what I'm saying is um, we saw the structure of this team. We saw the way this team operated the, the previous two seasons. So I don't think this is an authentic third year for him. I kind of feel like this is more of a second year for him as far as um, um, his development. Like, I don't think he was developed properly. Uh, his first year, he played a completely different role than he played his second year. Uh, the accountability was not there. The like, like we said, he wasn't being taken out of games when he wasn't giving effort on defense. There's just a lot of stuff going on, and and Yudoka comes in, and he is like uh, very particular. Like I, I was watching this interview that Jason Tatum had the other day, where yeah. he talked very glowingly about um, how Yudoka helped him to become a better basketball player, and so I think. Um, just watching that video, I think Jalen Green is going to go through a, a growing pain process of where um, Yudoka has has coached him very, very, very hard, very tough. But I think that he also uh, coaches him with love. He, he, he sits him down, you know, uh, after games and they go over stuff. They go over stuff on airplanes. Uh, you see him talking to him all the time during timeouts. So he is there is a process here. Um, and and he is holding him accountable. Like he's, we've seen him bench Jalen on multiple occasions recently. And I'm sitting there on my couch and I'm watching the game, or I'm at the at the Toyota Center. I'm watching the game and I'm like, okay, yeah, I I, I see what he's doing. Like this is a good benching. Yeah. Jalen yeah. needs to go sit down and reflect on what he's doing and come back in and fix it. Because how how do you get better? Do you just let a guy? Do you just throw a guy out there and just you know ignore everything that he's doing wrong, or do you like? take him out and coach him up and then put him back in. And so we saw a lot of that. Even last night, Jalen started out the game very poorly. Like the first quarter, I'm like, oh, man, here we go. And um, he benched him. I think he came out like halfway through the first quarter. And I, I was wondering if he was going to put him back in. And when Jalen came back in, he played a lot better. 
it still wasn't perfect. He still didn't look good. Um, but I think, like I said, it's kind of early for me. I think if he still, um, if he still hasn't figured it out towards the end of the season, I'll be more concerned than I am right now. I think right now it's just the fact of, hey, and you 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 hear Yudoka talk about it in the interviews when you guys ask ask those those tough questions, and he answers those questions. I've heard him say uh, Jalen Green needs to uh, be more assertive. I've heard him say Jalen Green needs to make the right play no matter who's on the floor. I've seen him say Jalen is thinking too much. Um, it, he needs to just uh, if it's a if it's a good shot, it's a good shot. If it's a pass, it's a pass. He needs to go out there and play basketball. Yadoka knows what needs to be done, and he's in Jalen Green's ear telling him everything that he needs to do. And at this point, it's kind of on Jalen Green, right? It's on Jalen Green to uh, find whatever it is within, within himself and, and take to this coach and, and then go out there and, and, and perform because um, at the end of the day, you know, nobody can do it for him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of where I am. I'm willing to give him the rest of this season. And I think the Rockets are definitely willing to give him the rest of the season because they they've, they've invested heavily in him. And I don't think that they're completely out on him right now. But let's make no mistake about it. This is M.A.'s roster. Now, Rafael, of course, is still the general manager. But if M.A. says, hey, just like he did with James Harden, I don't want James Harden here. They didn't bring James Harden here, even though the owner wanted him. Uh, I'm not sure about Rafael because Rafael was, like, of course, really involved with the whole Harden trade to begin with. But the owner definitely wanted him here. But Emma was like, I don't need him. I, I I don't need that type of player here for whatever reason. He he wanted to go the direction he uh, wanted to go in. And so far, it's paid off. So saying all that to say that this is Emma's roster. If he feels that Jalen is not the guy, let's say next season or into the offseason, then there's – I would not be shocked if they start to you know, explore moving on from him, but I don't think the Rockets are there yet. I'm not there yet with them. I've seen enough flashes to where I'm like, okay, if he does this better, more consistently, he can be a really good player. Maybe he never becomes a superstar, but not everybody needs to be a superstar. And maybe this is the type of team that doesn't necessarily, at least for now, the where the uh, phase at right now where they need somebody to be a superstar type player. So maybe he's just a really, really good player and they have to eventually bring in somebody else. But for right now, you know what? Let's yeah. start. One of the things, though, with Jalen, it's just I'm gonna be honest with you. A lot of it is coming down to can he make shots? Yeah. I, I don't mean I don't mean to simplify it to like the like the 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 simplest simplest form because basketball is more complicated than that. Yeah. But I've seen that I've seen him improve enough defensively to where I I'm fine with his. I, I feel like his defense won't be a liability in a playoff situation if he's locked in. Uh, I've, I've seen him make uh, better passes this year, like passes that I hadn't seen him make in any other season. Well, but look, right? Let me Leading let me ask season. you real quick now that you come down to making shots. Do you think he has the mentality, like we always talk about Tari Eason's mentality where he's going to go out there and like he said himself, he's a dog. The culture staff are dogs. Does Jalen Green, in your opinion, have that mentality to where he can go out there and no matter what's going on, he needs to take over a game. He's taking over a game. Do you think he has that mentality or is that something that you can learn or you just have to have it? I've always felt like you had it or you didn't have it, which maybe that maybe that sucks. And when I when I'm talking to him in regards to Jalen Green, because I thought he had it coming into the rookie season, the way he talked, he's very brash. He was very He's probably overconfident, right? <laughs> like he said, he said some things like his rookie season where you were like, oh, we got to get this dude some media training, right? Yeah. And then um, 
I don't know, man. He lost that spark a little bit to me. Um, and they also like they didn't entrust him, you know, at the end of in the game situations. But we saw like the times when he was given the opportunity to perform at the end of games, he usually did okay. Yeah. Like I, he yeah. hit those big shots against the Grizzlies. And the Lakers. Uh, he hit the, the the Lakers shot. He hit a shot last season against the Cavaliers, I believe it was before Jabari hit that game winner. Was it the Cavs? I forgot, yeah. but you know, the big, it was, I don't think it was a catch, but he hit a shot right before Jabari Smith hit that game winner. And like he's performed in, in the clutch before, but it's almost like they haven't given him a lot of opportunities to show what he can do in those situations. So I'm like, maybe they know better than, 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 than we would know, you know, based on what they're seeing in practice. But I always thought like, either you have that it factor or you don't have it. Yeah. And the thing is, I thought that he had it coming in. And now in year three, it seems like a little bit of that luster has been worn off as far as like, um, does he, cause he ended his rookie season and he was like, I'm a bucket. Like I learned this year, I'm a bucket. I can do, yeah. you know, I can pretty much go out and get a shot whenever I want to get it. And, um, I don't know if he believes that anymore. I know he's, he, he looked like this summer, he dedicated himself back to it. Like, you know, getting himself right and, and playing basketball instead of like doing all the other, you know, extracurricular stuff. You know, you got to make the main thing the main thing. Yeah. But um, his shot making is just uh, it's not there yet. When you look at like um, even guys who are in like good three point shooters like Shea Gill, just Alexander and, and guys like they're just good at making shots. They're good at getting to their spots and, and, and knowing where their spots are and making shots. And right now, I don't know where Jalen's spots are, right? I don't know where he's trying. I don't know what he's trying to do from possession to possession. Um, I, I'm honestly, I'm a little, like, these are some things that I'm concerned about. But I'm also, like I said before, I'm very, I'm encouraged by the fact that I know we have a head coach. Like, if anybody can get Jalen Green right, it's going to be Emi Adoka. Like, yeah. that, that is, a that is we, we have the coaching staff in place. Like, if, if anybody can get his shot, you know, his shot fixed or his shot, you know, more consistent, I think it's Ben Sullivan. So, like I said, I'm, I'm going to give it, you know, towards the end of the season before I can, before I say anything, you know, more definitive. Right now, I'm a little, like I said, I'm a little concerned, but I, I'm not completely out on Jalen Green just yet. Yeah. I mean, same here. I think we're on the same page. I don't, I, it, you, it, it'll take him some more time. You got to realize he's playing with an entirely different type of point guard now. Um, entirely different offensive system to where it's not a it's not a lot of running up and down. The Rockets are not a fast break team. They play at the slowest pace in the NBA. That's a and total he, and change. He would benefit for him. a lot, yeah. And he would benefit a lot from being able to get out in the open court, yeah. you know, with, with a guy like Amon Thompson and get get some transition baskets. Like he he might be a guy that needs to get going, like get get him some easy buckets, yeah. and then his, the rest of his game opens up. And unfortunately, we we're playing like this. Uh, and, I, and it's by necessity. It's, I'm not saying that this is Yudoka's fault, but like we're playing like a slow down, we're, grind it out, grind kind of Grizzlies from back. Yeah, back. <laughs> we're, yeah, we we're we're probably we're playing a lot of half court basketball, yeah. and like right now, I don't think that that is conducive. And, and like I said, not to make excuses for Jalen Green, he has to go out there and make shots, especially the open shots. Like he misses a lot of like open shots, but I also like I said, I don't think he's in rhythm. He's not really, you know confident in, in his shot right now yeah. so i don't know we'll see we'll see yeah. hey if 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 Jalen green um does shake that and so like at the beginning of the year people were kind of critical of Jalen because he was inconsistent yeah. 
but he was still put in like if you looked at his his overall averages he was still like at 20 points per game you know four rebounds three assists or whatever and his shooting percentage was decent right and now things have tailed off i think he just finally dipped right he's i think he's like 17.8 now and uh his his shooting percentage is going down because he's kind of in a tailspin right now but um it's it's one of those things man we're just gonna have to see the process through and um We'll see how we see how he responds. I think we're going to learn. We're going to learn a lot about Jalen Green in the upcoming months yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And, I, you know, that'll help the Rockets make the decision because they will have a decision coming up in the next couple of seasons on do they want to stick with Jalen Green or because let's be honest, if even if he continues at the same trajectory he's at right now, he's going to want that max contract, whether he gets it or not. That's that we'll find that out later on. But that's what he's going for in the next couple of seasons once the uh, Rockets don't have that exercise option to keep him at around the 12 million yet right now he's going to want definitely more than the 12 to 16 million they're going to be paying him in the next two three seasons so Rockets going to have a major decision coming up but for right now at least for this season the Rockets are definitely exceeding expectations at 13 and 9 they take on the Bucks on Sunday uh, before we wrap it up I definitely want to thank everybody for the support uh, we Blew past a thousand subscribers since we've been on the air last time. We had a thousand fifty and climbing. We definitely appreciate the support. Uh, we want to continue to bring you that great content all season, exclusive content. So make sure you, if you're not subscribing, you're watching this and you're new to the channel, make sure you hit that subscription button. Make sure you hit that like because we all know how the YouTube algorithm works. The more you hit that uh, like button, that definitely helps us get out those videos and you're able to actually see them on a daily basis. So we definitely appreciate the support that you continue to give to us every single time we're uh, on the air. And uh, as usual, I want to thank my co-host Vader for jumping on the show with me today. Thank you, man. And keep those, keep those interviews rolling in, man. That's good stuff. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. We'll definitely continue to uh, get that stuff out to you and let us know in the comments, what do you think of the rocket season so far? What do you think of Dylan Brooks? Uh, What is your opinion on Jalen Green? Do you think that he has uh, basically the it factor to take that next step to get up there with the young guys like the Tyrese Halliburton's and the Anthony Edwards of the world? Do you think he has it? Or do you think that this is what Jalen Green is going to be, what we've been seeing from him uh, the past few seasons, especially the past several games? Let us know in the comments. And as usual, we appreciate the support. And make sure you check out the next episode of the Rockets Fuel Podcast. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.